Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. My name is Letitia Bates. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women. And I love working with women who are like me and have PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. This led me to my passion of advocating and empowering women just like you to give up all the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can get the real facts and start living out your most fierce and best freaking life. Okay, let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to Live Free Radio. Today I have my friend Jenny Silvestro with me who is a fierce PCOS advocate. She's also a physical education and health master's as well as a personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist. Jenny, I'm so excited that you're here and we get to chat about your story. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm very excited to be sitting here with you. Yeah, yeah, you have a compelling story. We've been friends now for a couple of years. How long is it? I don't even know. It's been a Two while. Two or three, social, I think. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's going on three years on social media. We haven't met in person. Video is probably as close as we've gotten, but uh, but I'm just really excited to, to have you here on the podcast. I knew as soon as I was thinking about starting the podcast, I knew that I was going to have to have you on to share your story. So well, and thank you. Now we're here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Jenny, you do have uh, PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. Do you care to kind of tell us a little bit about uh, like when you got diagnosed with PCOS? Sure. Um, I was 18 years old. Um, I went to the doctor because I had missed my period, and that wasn't something that was common for me at all. Um, so I went. They ended up doing a sonogram at the time, and... I was told by one of the doctors there that I think you have PCOS and we're going to put you on birth control. And the next thing that she told me, she's like, you might have trouble having kids in the future, but it's not a big deal because my daughter has PCOS and she was able to have kids just with a little bit of extra help. And that's kind of where it was left. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And I left the office and I'm like, okay. Because I was 18 and I had no interest in having kids at the time and really didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah, and then like I, you know, I know people. Meanwhile, when they add those like little extra stories <laughs> into it, but at the same time, you know, just because someone could conceive with PCOS, that's not the same story for everyone, which we know now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, we know now. So, um, so really, did you notice any like hindsight looking back? Were there signs of PCOS then or was it just that initial loss of your cycle? You know, it's so easy to look back now. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 42 this year. I'm sorry. I'm a 42 now, I believe. (laughs) I never know what my age is. Um, I'm I'm already doing that too. I know. I'm forgetting how old I am. That's okay. (laughs) When I was 18, there was not a lot of information out there at all. And to be honest, I didn't even start to research it until I was about 25 and we decided, like, you know, I got married and we were talking about having kids. Um, And even then it was really, really hard to find things. I think I found like one or two books on it. Nothing was on the internet. Internet wasn't really huge at that time. Um, So I was able to find one book that kind of taught me how to eat more like a diabetic. Mm -hmm. And that was able to help me a little bit. But in terms of Looking back, um, I was always heavier. I always had like that, that belly in the middle and it didn't matter 
that I was active. I mean, I was a free sport athlete in high school. Um, I was an athlete most of my life. I ate well. Um, my mom was always on top of me in terms of my food. Um, and I didn't eat any different than anyone in my house. Yet I was the old, always the one that had that little extra spare tire. And it was something that always bothered me. Um, on top of that, I had several occasions in my 20s where my hair started to get very thin. Um, when I was about 13 or 14, I experienced, um, I can never say it right, I apologize, the Athenios Negros, the black line. Oh, yeah. I'm yes, not, I had that on the back of my neck. <laughs> not and, with my lip, I'm not trying. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was on, it was on the back of my neck for the better part of a year or two, and my mom was like, you're not washing well, and she would scrub oh, and scrub no. and scrub. And like, we didn't know. And we'd right. go to the doctor and the doctor wouldn't say anything about it. But looking back now, like, oh my gosh, telltale yeah. sign, you know, there's something right. wrong there that, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, hindsight, yeah, there were signs there that, that something was going on. Yeah, that, that you know, which hindsight is, is 2020. I've, I think we can all look back and be like, wow, of course it's PCOS. Mm -hmm. You know, now that we know what we know now. Um, would you say, you know, you kind of, took your diagnosis and it is what it is. It's very similar to me. I did the same. Is there anything that you wish at that time when you received your diagnosis that you could have done differently? I wish I would have known how to manage it better or things to look for if it was getting worse. Um, ways to know how to eat a little bit differently. Um, or to know whether or not I might have had insulin resistance at the time, and that was something right. that I had to keep yeah. up with. You know, I didn't even learn I was insulin resistant till about four years ago. So I just wonder. Um, it's, it's, I was actually that was going to be my next question, though. Like when you were diagnosed, I don't know that insulin resistance was really talked about, though, in the medical I, it community. Probably wasn't. You know, yeah, it wasn't at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, like four years ago, wow, like that's that's yeah. very recent. It's <laughs> almost a long time on each other. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much different could it have been if you would have had all that extra information or education exactly um, at, at a younger yeah. age? So, uh, how has PCOS affected you? I mean, what, in what ways has it impacted you? As a, you know. Um, I think it's allowed me to become more vocal about my experience. Um, you know, I started this, I want to say about six or seven years ago, I just started um, talking about my health journey online. And I really got into the nitty gritty about four years ago after I had my daughter, um, because my body went out of control. Um, you know, I, I dealt with infertility with my first two kids and it took us several years to have a baby. And, you know, I did all that research. I found that book I was telling you about. I started eating better. I was working with a personal trainer. In fact, two different personal trainers. I had an enormous amount of weight loss where I lost about 60 pounds and great success with it. And we were able to get pregnant naturally. And awesome. we were so excited. And it was yeah. probably, my third pregnancy was probably my healthiest pregnancy Mm -hmm. out of the two. So I'm like, this is it. I finally got it all under control. Right. You know, this is the way it's going to be. I went in, I had, you know, we had this wonderful birth. I came out and about a month later, after the birth of my daughter, I went to the doctor for something easy. I don't even remember what it was. It might've been a cold or whatever. And they took my blood pressure 
And they're like, how are you not in the hospital right now? It was really? sky high. Um, and it was something that happened, you know, when I gave birth to my daughter and it usually went down, mm-hmm. you know, with the birth of my other two and it just didn't happen that way. So from that point on, you know, that was the beginning point and my testosterone was out of control. My hair was falling out in chunks. I had bald spots everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, it was just a lot going on. And then to top all of it off within about a month after having my daughter, I ex- started to experience postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And from that point on, like the last four years have been very, very difficult for me in terms of dealing with those two issues. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's just, so it's not, you know, um, something that just comes on and, and goes away over time. Like you're, you're kind of stuck with it to an extent. You're still struggling with it day to day. I am. And it's been interesting because, you know, I went back to what I did before I had gotten pregnant with my third mm-hmm. daughter. And um, everything that I did before then that, that was successful didn't work anymore. Ah. Uh crazy right yes and it's like it's interesting to see like how i'm getting older how things are working differently Mm -hmm. and that's something i've become very vocal on online because it's not always going to be the same true yeah we think um you know i've heard so many people that say well i've done x y and z to lose weight with pcos and i don't have any pcos issues anymore and and I always just kind of feel nervous around that because I'm like, you just never know when your body is going to change. And you and I both have a story that can back that up. Like it's yes. just, you know, the yep. same things that you're doing doesn't always work. And that's another great example on why PCOS is not a one size fits all condition. Like we, even within ourselves, have to change our methods. So once you realize that though, once you realize, okay, my body's not responding the same way that it was like what did you do um i did a lot of research on my own and you know luckily at that point um there was more available information on the internet so i found quite a few uh different support groups and found a few that really stuck with me well um i connected with a lot of women not just my age but younger older just to see what their experiences were um and then I connected with people like the PCOS dietitian, uh, Martha McKittrick, and um, the PCOS diva, Amy Medling, um, as well as Angela Grassi at PCOS Nutrition Center. And I really followed their information very closely and reached out to them when I needed to and yeah. was able to kind of maneuver my way around once I had solid, respectable information. Right, right. Evidence-based info. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would you, um, well, has anything been effective for you? Like, have you noticed that, you know, something works now that, that you didn't do before since your body feels a little bit different? Uh, the weight training. Okay. That was something that I had added the last couple of years that I never really did before. I did a lot of um, body weight movement mm-hmm. yeah. uh, exercises. Um I did a lot of cardio before, um, but that was, you know, all before I had my daughter. And after my daughter, I kind of had to change it up a bit. And so I started the weight training, but I also started limiting the amount of time that I was working out. I wasn't working yeah. out like a maniac anymore. I started Isn't that crazy? 
It is. It really is. And it's a game changer because you get hours of your life back on top of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that. And but people think you're crazy when you talk about, hey, you don't have to work out hours on end, especially if you have PCOS. Correct. And and uh, they are they think we're fake news, but I know, I know. We're so two like, prime examples, two educated prime examples here <laughs> that exactly. are telling you that may not be the case. <laughs> um, and I've also added the yoga in, and. As crazy as it sounds, I've added more sleep um, because that was something that was very hard for me to get. You know, I had three young children at home. I was not sleeping a lot. And that was something that was weighing heavily on my body. So in the past where I said, you know, I have to work out, I would wait till my children went to bed and I would go start working out at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, for like oh, an wow. hour, hour and a half, and then shower, go to bed. And yeah. it was just too much on the body. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you do? Like, do you have like a sleep regimen now to try to help you get more sleep since you didn't have that before? Well, I have two things that are going on. One, as my kids are getting older, they're sleeping better. So I'm not getting up. I mean, there, were, there was a True. moment where, you know, I had two young kids under three. I was getting up eight times a night. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> Mine are now, five years apart. I cannot I, imagine. No. It was not easy. <laughs> It was definitely not. Power to your moms out there with all these toddlers. <laughs> um, right now, I try and wind down with my husband and try and not exactly go to sleep, but at least be in bed by nine o'clock and try and wind down a little bit so that I'm definitely asleep by 1030. Um, and I'm trying to get every last minute of sleep in the morning. So, you know, I'm... I'm someone who can like, if I have to get up at seven, I can just roll right out of bed at seven o'clock. But you know, it's, I don't need to keep hitting the snooze alarm. So, you know, if, if I can manage getting out of the house in 10 minutes, then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me most days. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's awesome that you made that a priority. Um, a lot of people underestimate the power of sleep. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we do live in a very, modern society where we have so much on our to-do list and like you said like you know you wanted to get that workout and that was the best time and so you're staying up late to stretch your body out and then not really giving yourself the time to recover but that's amazing exactly. uh so i can imagine just with the sleep and your uh change in your workout regimen and stuff alone that probably made a huge difference did it it absolutely did absolutely. yeah yeah, how did that show up? Like, what what were the changes that you noticed when you started doing that? Um, the testosterone levels lowered quite a bit. My hair started growing back. I mean, that part was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were just talking about how good your hair looks. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big confidence booster, though. I mean, you feel really so is. much better for sure. It really is. Um, on top of that, my skin started clearing up a lot. I used to deal with cystic acne that would show up, I mean, even well into my late 30s, early 40s. Um, and within the last two years or so, that's kind of, that's died down quite a bit. So that's something that I don't have to worry about anymore. Um, I'm trying to think what else, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I you're, you're in my fine. head and I can't remember. No, no, that's okay. I mean, but that's just good to know that, uh, cause I'm sure somebody that's listening to this, that, you know, 
may or not be sleeping well, that may be, you know, uh, I don't want to say overtraining, but just really, you know, killing themselves to exercise yeah. all the time, um, to just hear that in some cases, you know, that's the counterproductive part. You just, you need to focus on sleep and uh, focus on changing your modalities of workout and slow down a little bit more. And we see those reductions of androgens and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, I've also noticed that my muscle to fat ratio is a lot different. So oh, although, awesome. you know, I might look at the scale and the scale, you know, might look like it changed a bit. Yeah. Um, but I can tell in my clothes and the way that I hold myself, you know, I'm a lot slimmer than I used to be. Oh, certainly. Just from the photos that you post on social media, like it's phenomenal, the transformation that you've, that you've made, but it does certainly help out with that body oh, composition. Yes. So don't be afraid to pick up the weight. By no means, please. Um, so what, what would you say to someone that maybe um, kind of follows your footsteps and has some of the same, you know, PCOS story that you do, what, what kind of encouragement would you give someone with that story? Um, number one, don't give up. You know, that's a message that I try and put out there a lot. It's PC, having PCOS is not a death sentence. There's a lot of ways to work around exactly. it. Um, find yourself a good doctor for sure. And if you find a doctor that's not listening to you, find another one, keep moving around, find yeah. something, you know, <laughs> You know, I, I struggled a little bit because myself, because after my third child, I'm like, I don't have a doctor that specializes in PCOS. My regular doctor said, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know anything about it except what I saw on the Today Show. <laughs> wow. Well, that was scary. Wrong. That was really scary. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the endocrinologist that I had for my first two children in order to get pregnant was absolutely fabulous. But as far as I knew, she only... Um, worked with people that were trying to get pregnant. So after about six months of searching on my own in this area in New York, like close to New York City, where I couldn't find anyone, this is that's how crazy it is. Like in a big metro area, still right. having difficulty finding someone. I reached out to her, and I said, "Do you have anyone that you would recommend?" And I got so lucky because she said, "Come on in, I'll treat you." Oh, wow. So she has started taking on um, PCOS patients in the area that are not trying to get pregnant. Right. And has me send people her way. Oh, that is amazing. So it's very, very important for you to find a doctor that's going to listen and stick with you. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely, you know, number one. And there's no better feeling than when you do find that doctor. You're right. It is, it is right. like an it's angelic the, moment. <laughs> the stress levels come down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, you know, do your research, find your doctor, stay positive. You know, you're going to get through this. You're going to have this for your whole life. You're going to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, we can, we can do hard things and people with PCOS are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Very true. I mean, on a daily basis, our bodies are fighting this huge battle and we're surviving them 100% survival rate. I mean, we're so much stronger. And one of the things that I love about you and your story is despite all of the struggles that you face with PCOS, like you're doing miraculous things. Not only are you helping other people with PCOS, but you're a flipping marathon runner. <laughs> I mean, like that just blows my mind. 
if I'm running, somebody better be chasing me. <laughs> like I'm not a runner. And then I've seen you competing these marathons and, and training for it. And I just, I'm just in awe at you. So I mean, what is that like? It's pretty cool. I, I have to be honest with you. If you would have told me 10 years ago that I was going to be running anything, I would have said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I, you know, as I said, I've always been an athlete, but, you know, I played soccer. I was a goalie. I wasn't the runner. <laughs> 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 I played softball. I was the catcher. I didn't move quickly. <laughs> and then look at you now. That is so I know. Crazy. I know. So what, I, um, what happened? Like, how did you decide to, to do it? We decided to get a treadmill in my house just for movement. And I had run into this wonderful, wonderful person who is now my best friend who lived four houses down. And she's That's like, awesome. I think you should run a 5k with me. And this is so about six months out. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I said, all right. All right. I'll train for it. I'll try. And it was not easy. I, you know, I, I was not someone who was moving often. I was much larger at the time. Um, so I was not moving quickly, but I trained for it. And I did my first 5K. I've still not been able to beat the time that I had on my first 5K. <laughs> oh, wow. That was your best one? I was, I was six minutes faster than my regular time. So, oh, yeah. that's a lot of time, too. It oh, was. My goodness. It was. Um, yeah. so, All of that know, adrenaline from, like, the first, you know, run jitters, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. So it's something that I've grown to love. It's actually something that I've used to manage my anxiety. And, you know, I came from a spot where... I used to be a binge eater and that's how I managed my stress. And I yeah. have moved away from that and picked up running instead. And, you know, as soon as I feel that anxiety going, I throw on my sneakers and either hit the treadmill or hit the road and just wow. get out all the energy that way. Wow. And, um, that's kind of what's been keeping me going. Yeah. That, that's remarkable. I'm kind I, of jealous. I wish that was <laughs> what I could do. I wish I could, <laughs> could, uh, could, could do to relieve my stress, but it doesn't work for me. But um, what, like, how did you start noticing that, um, that it was connected like, with your anxiety? How did you start noticing like, oh, when I run, I'm, I'm not as anxious or I'm able to tone that down? Some? It was probably about six months after I started doing it, believe it or not. It, it took oh, that wow. long to yeah. make that connection. Um, but that runner's high that you get at the end is mm -hmm. absolutely everything. And it just gets so much energy out. And, you know, if I'm having a high anxiety day, I'm actually moving faster. So, yeah. you know, it just, it pushes you to get that extra energy. Um, but what's interesting is I've had to manage my running and the PCOS together. So mm -hmm. I don't straight on run anymore. I have to do interval running almost like a HIIT workout to make sure that my testosterone levels don't shoot up because of this endurance running. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that's a gr great point because um, any sport of any kind, when you are overstressing the body, it can exacerbate your PCOS symptoms. And did you find that to be the case with you when you, with some of your running? It's very funny that you bring that up. I was okay with when I did 5K runs, which is about three miles. I was okay with 10K runs, which is about six miles. But when I did the half marathon, that's when I got in trouble. Oh, uh, wow. That's the one that you did somewhat that was recently. The most recent one, yeah. 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 And that's, I remember we were talking about some of the, the issues that you were having. Um, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, at that point it was longer distance running and I was doing it about four days a week mm. and I didn't realize how bad it was. I, I felt fine while I was training for it. And about two or three months later, all of a sudden the cystic acne started coming back uh-huh. and the hair loss was starting again. I'm like, something's not right. So I went to the doctor and we had done my blood work that December, that past December. And I started training in January from December to August, my testosterone tripled. Wow. Holy so I'm still working smoke. on taking it down. Okay. Right. So that's from last August. I'm still working on taking yeah. it down. Coming down, but you know, not at the rate that I wanted to. No, I mean, everything's so much, um, so much longer. And yeah. I'm so glad that you, that you brought that up because you know, that's a very similar situation with my story. And, you know, a lot of times with PCOS and I hear women that are power lifters or crossfitters and they have PCOS and they're like, well, I feel fine. I feel great. And I'm just like, I hope you stay that way because I mean, there may come a day where you're going to tip over the edge and you're going to go backwards and look at the next couple of years. if not longer than that. I'm, I'm two years in trying to recover. And, um, I mean, it just, it takes a lot out of your life. Um, I'm sure you wouldn't, you know, um, you know, not have done that marathon. I don't know. Would you, would you have not done it? You you know, it's, it was the most amazing experience doing the half marathon and I would not give it up for anything. I would do it again. If I was asked to do it again, if you were able to, yeah, I almost did two last year. So don't, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Does your husband not say no, Jenny? No. Uh, <laughs> I was joking around with my husband and was, and was like, hey, if, if I tend, because it's like I said, it's been about two years and, and my hormones are yeah, starting to come back to balance and, like, mm-hmm. very slowly, you know? And I was like, if I ever get unbalanced, um, you know, what if I did, what if I competed at this competition and such and such? And he just looked at me like he, he can shoot through me. He was mm-hmm. like, no, don't even think about it. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it took two years of my life. I mean, I'm still going. It's probably going to take three years to get my body back to, to health. Um, but yeah, so would you say that that triple in your testosterone was due to the stress that you put your body through? And, and Absolutely. Everything? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what would you say to someone that was a marathon runner that has PCOS? Are there any tips that you would give them as far as to prevent from going to that point? I would say for sure, make sure that you're being monitored by your doctor. Um, I think I would have been in much better shape had I decided to do my blood work every three months instead of every six. Um, And even then I pushed it further than six months because I was busy and that was probably a big mistake on my part. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's great tips. I like you, like we've said already in this episode, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I could have done blood work every three months back then. Yeah, and and would have seen, you know, you have so much more control to see like what your body's doing and how it's responding versus just how you feel. Because in the in the middle of it, in the thick of it, you feel amazing until Those you don't anymore. Endorphins do a lot. <laughs> yeah, until you don't anymore, and then you're like, holy hell, what have I done? Right. Um, but no, thank you so much for sharing that. But regardless, um, I know you're working really hard to, to get back to balance, but still it is a phenomenal accomplishment of what you've thank done you. and just not allowing PCOS to define you and hold you back. I know 
um, in our community, it's really easy to get discouraged and get overwhelmed and frustrated with our diagnosis, but you, you rose above all of that. And I'm very Thank proud you. of you as well Thank as just, you, you know, inspired <laughs> and at all with you. Um, so you are a PCOS advocate, you know, you, you coach others with PCOS, um, you work with you know PCOS Challenge. You help us lot it up till every right. September. Yep. You're the person behind that, asking people to lot everything up till. You work really hard. You know, was it your struggles in your journey that led you to advocating for PCOS? Absolutely. Um, it was not something that I ever dreamed I would be doing. I, if you know me personally, before this happened, I was a very quiet person. I. I'm introverted and yeah. I can't say that anymore. You know, <laughs> I share, I overshare way too much online at this point. But let's be honest, sharing and socializing online is a totally different ball game than mm -hmm. in person. Cause in person, um, well, I mean like with you, I would be very talkative if and when we finally do get to see each other in person. But if like, I'm so bubbly on social media and I feel like I'm that way in real life, but I'm actually kind of shy. And mm -hmm. so I just don't, I'm not this talkative around people I don't know and then my face kind of looks mean so people probably think that you know I've I have been like told the, total, the same I've been yeah I have this total RBF and so I'm always so self-conscious about it I'm like I bet they think I'm a total bitch and I'm not it's just I don't I'm, I'm awkward I'm socially awkward I don't know what to do I'm the type of, of person that sits back and I just observe and I just take everything <laughs> and wait till it's yeah. my turn you know yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, like what do you hope happens in the future of PCOS advocacy? I would love oh to my goodness. Well, I mean, to be honest, even in the last four years, I've been so shocked and surprised and excited from what I've seen from PCOS yeah. Challenge. Um, yeah. You know, from the first conference that I went to, I said, this thing, this is amazing organization. And, you know, I jumped on board as soon as I could. Um, the fact that they're bringing up so many things in Washington right now are huge. And I think it's so important that PCOS gets recognized, yeah. not even nationwide, worldwide. I mean, like, you know, I almost feel fortunate that we live in the U.S. because I have many friends, you know, in other nations that don't get the same type of support that we do. And, and it's sad yeah. because, like, we're looking at what we get and it's not a lot. Right. No, you know, yeah. but at uh, least we have the choice of going to what doctors we want to go to. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what do I want to see? I want to see more people talking about it. I want to see more information and more knowledgeable doctors. I don't want like a little tiny paragraph given to them and go, this is what PCOS is. And right. these are the medications you give them because every single person is different. Mm -hmm. And we have to take each patient as a whole. You know, what, how I experience PCOS is not the same as the way you experience PCOS. And it's not the same way that other people experience PCOS. We all have, the, what are there, like 85 different symptoms that you can get from this? There's so many. When people say, you know, what are the symptoms of PCOS? And I'm like, how much time do you have? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and by the time that I get done, you're probably going to be convinced that you have yes. it. But I mean, it's, it's affecting one in, in five people. So, yes. I mean, come on. Like, it's you know, it's, it's funny. Every time I have a new health condition come up, it's like, well, is that from PCOS too? I'm like, 
it could be, you know, pretty much. I mean, it's connected to everything. I know. Uh, I think that's pretty common. And maybe that's why people think that we're hypochondriac, but it's like, no, like, dude, it literally connects to everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Like right now I'm dealing with non-alcoholic fatty liver. That's my new ailment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And after discussing with a registered dietitian, my diet, she's like, well, it's not the food you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I what happens with that. a lot of people. She's like, it's your insulin resistance. Yeah. So we have to get your insulin resistance under control and hopefully the liver will rejuvenate and, you know, yeah. it'll heal itself. But, you know, it's just another thing to add to the list, you know? Right, right. And um, I hope that that is the case for you. I know your dietitian is amazing and, and the she work really that you guys is. are going to yes. do together. <laughs> um, but I really hope that's the case for you. But that's another, you know, um, those are some of those hidden things that come along with PCOS that we don't uh, hear or talk about that much. We do hear about the infertility, but people don't realize that fatty liver disease is, is very well connected to it. And mm -hmm. your and insulin level um, you know, can dictate so many different functions in your body and connect to so many other chronic conditions. And it's just, you know, if that's not being managed, especially in your younger years of being diagnosed, then you could be looking at some chronic conditions that are just terrible. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is coming from someone who takes care of their body very well. <laughs> you know, I know, if I, I can know. get it. <laughs> I know. You know? And add that to the list of unfair things when it comes to PCOS. Right, I'm like, I don't know anybody around me that works this hard to be healthy and to have this many flipping issues. But, exactly. you know, we just march on. We keep fighting. That's why we're so resilient and strong. I mean, like, I'm telling you, people with PCOS are amazing beings. They really are. Mm -hmm. um but yeah like I love everything that you said you really gave us a lot of insight and helpful information to know you know maybe if someone has a story similar to you like that is just so awesome and I hope that they get to hear the words that you had to offer I always like to ask people at the end of the episode you know what makes you fierce I, I believe we all have something that you know gives us the ability to live beyond the struggles and overcome, unleash our power. So what's yours? What, what makes you fierce? I think it's the ability to be truthful and talk about every little thing that's going on, even if I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I started this online journey with the intention of sharing as much as I can to give other people as much knowledge as I can, mm -hmm. because I know I had none. And I don't want anyone else to be stuck in the situation that I was stuck in or have to do the amount of research that I had to do to get by. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I'm so happy that you're here doing what you do because you're changing everybody's lives every day. You. Like you really are. So how can they get in touch with you? If somebody wants to reach you, where, where are you at? Oh, oh my goodness. I am everywhere. Um. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Um, just PCOS related. Um, I run my PCOS body on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, to follow my own fitness journey, you can find me on Instagram at Ginny B Fit, um, and on Facebook, and on Twitter. But I don't really post a lot on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know how to. I know. <laughs> Not really oh, much. I'm thing. sorry. I'm there, um, but I don't know but, what to do with it. And coaching related, um, you can find me at Body Enhancing Fitness on Instagram and Facebook. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Jenny, so much for sharing your story and your knowledge. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon, but I just love that you were able to come on here. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Live Free Radio. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I want to hear from you. Do you have a story that you would like to share? Email me at Letitia at LiveFreeHealthCoaching.com or check the show notes to find out more about how you could be featured here on the podcast.